Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could have edited that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I said all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V, and I'm super excited today to have two guests who are not only authors, but are regular takeover hosts for the Words and Nerds podcast. We have Vanessa McCausland. She studied English at Sydney University and has worked as a journalist for 20 years. That's why her voice is so beautiful on the podcast. Her books include The Beautiful Words, The Valley of Lost Stories, and The Lost Summers of Driftwood. Hello, Vanessa. Vanessa, listeners would be very familiar with your voice if they listen to your takeovers. Oh, hi, Danny. It's always so lovely to appear on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, anytime, anytime you want to create some content, you just do that. (laughs) (laughs) We also have Karen Sepulveda, an author, podcast producer and creator of short guided meditations, all very interesting. (laughs) Through writing about characters triumphing over adversity, interviewing women about their strengths and designing meditations that help listeners tap into their own creativity. Karen hopes to spread compassion and connection and her books are The Women's Circle and Letters to My Yesterday. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with Vanessa as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool because we were just saying before, um, we've emailed a lot, we've connected on socials a lot, we've we've never actually met. So (laughs) we're meeting via Zoom and that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. I love that about this writing world, how we can feel like we know people just through... Instagram and podcasts. It's yeah, great. that's it. And then when you do eventually meet, it's just normal because you at yeah. first you think it's going to be really weird, but then you do and you think, oh, that's fine. We've had so yeah. many conversations. 
What's what's IRL? What is that? Exactly. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about lots of things today because you two are just very interesting humans. And I also want to talk about motherhood and the complexities of motherhood and writing and trying to fill your life with your own hobbies and your own things that you need to do. But then all that, you know, mother stuff as well, which is is hard to balance sometimes but we will start with books so vanessa do you want to give listeners an elevator pitch to one of your books your most recent book yeah so um the beautiful words is out next week actually december 1 so i haven't actually spoken about it much yet which is weird. <laughs> i have been sort of practicing an elevator pitch here you go. Here's your practice, Vanessa. So here goes. Here goes. I'll practice on you guys. Excellent. Um, so, <laughs> so my main character, Sylvie, is a logophile. She's a lover of words and stories, um, but she can't find her own story. Um, she lives this very sort of quiet, reclusive life, cleaning houses after an accident as a teenager robbed her of her short-term memories. Um But then um, when her best friend from that time, Case, um, who she hasn't spoken to in 23 years, um, invites her to her 40th birthday on a tiny island off the coast of Tasmania, Sylvie accepts. Um, Despite this rift in their friendship where after this accident, Case never returned any of her calls. Um, And so she's sort of not really sure what happened on the headland that night. Um, But she goes to Tasmania for this party and she really struggles to connect with her old school friends. They're all really successful cases and an eminent author. And Sylvie, um, and they all remember Sylvie as this brilliant student and writer. And she can't really reconcile that with who she is now. Um, But she also meets um, Holden, who is a taxi boat driver on the island, and they connect over their love of literature. They call each other Sylvie Plath and Holden Caulfield. Um, It's very cute. (laughs) And um, then Case and Sylvie discover that um, through an inscription in an old book that their mothers um, perhaps once knew each other, which they've never shared with their daughters. So it's a book with quite a few mysteries threaded through it. Um, I think it's a book about friendship about those like on the cusp of adulthood friendships when you're when your friends are everything when you're 17 there's that kind of nostalgia um and then it's it's a book about um well it's about the treacherous nature of memory really um it's about trauma um and of course it's about books and words and how um they can heal and they can tell the truth Mm, love that and I'm a massive fan of Sylvia Plath just thought I'd throw that in (laughs) oh well I am too I hadn't read her before writing this really she's she's a very big theme in this Mm, book very powerful wow I love that very cool now Karen what about you do you want to give us an elevator pitch to um, your latest book yeah, well, yours sounds so good, Vanessa. I, I'm dying to start. Oh, reading thank you. Yes, I was settling <laughs> in for story time, weren't you, Karen? I was settling I was, in. I was story like, time. Was, yeah, really good. <laughs> um, and I'm like the opposite of you. I've spoken about the women's circle a lot, but it was like in July, and I feel like I've lived ten lives since then with <laughs> everything that's happened since July. So I've got to get myself back into talking about it. But um, 
Yeah, so the Women's Circle starts in contemporary Sydney with Anna, who's just been released from jail. She's been there for six years and um, so when she's released, she really has to rebuild her life and she's lucky enough to be um, kind of partnered with this social worker, Jeanette, who just really um, helps her and supports her and holds her up. She helps her settle into a boarding house and get a job and all those kinds of things. And as part of her um, rehabilitation, she has to do some sort of um, like therapy and she sees an ad for a women's circle. She has no idea what it is, but she's really drawn to it and that counts as therapy. So she goes along and then she meets this beautiful woman, Nina, who's running this like meditation circle with all these women and no one knows each other. And um, it starts with like, she's got her eye gaze with other women and is really fully out of her comfort zone and just thinks she's in this like twilight zone kind of thing, but she's really drawn to it and she just melts into it, loves it. And then she has a very strange experience when she there's like a rose quartz crystal in the circle and when she touches it she sees the life of another woman from another time and that is Ashleen which is the dual timeline in 1770 um, England like a little village that was overtaken by a brutal regime called the enforcers and they force women to live apart and be separated so no contact with each other and Ashleen's trying to defy the rules and um, overthrow the regime and then so these lives Anna's kind of haunted by this the visions of this woman and um, but inspired by her strength so as she is dealing with trying to um, rebuild her life and fight her past drug addictions Ashleen's story is kind of guiding her along as well. Mm, wow really interesting what I really picked up from those both of those stories were those really interesting complex female characters so Vanessa what do you want readers to get out of your story um yeah that's always a really tricky question but um you sort of as an author you're sort of thinking what was I trying to say here (laughs) um but no I think um look this book is is about connection um it's about sort of those soul deep friendships that women can have I really wanted to explore what they meant um what can actually be forgiven um uh in terms of when when something goes wrong in those friendships um yeah I guess I just I also it's really an ode to writing and books this this book um you know the title the beautiful words indicates that I actually wrote it during the first COVID lockdown when everything was falling to pieces and I was writing all this poetry and um and I just I think I just wanted to write something really beautiful and I almost used Sylvie as a cipher for that and just just let my sort of love of language sort of come through and also it's set in Tasmania which I just wanted to escape to Tasmania during <laughs> this lockdown so I was just looking at these remote beautiful shacks in the middle of nowhere thinking I want to go there <laughs> um so yeah it's it's got a lot of different things in it um it is also an exploration of trauma so there, there's some darkness there too but I think with my books I do go to dark places, but I always want to, um, I always want there to be light as well. Um, And that's usually, I think, my ultimate message, yeah. It's hard not to go to dark places when you use Sylvia Plath as a thread in your (laughs) novel. 
<laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. That's why I love yeah, her poetry. Yeah, really dark. Oh, but it's amazingly dark. powerful. Have you heard her speak her poetry online? No, I'll have to yeah. look that After up. After this, Google Sylvia Plath reciting her own poetry. It will blow your mind. If you're listening, do that okay. too. Pause the podcast and go and do that. <laughs> Sylvia Plath's voice is amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I read the Bell Jar. I read the Bell Jar. Um, in, um, yeah, that has a that book has quite a strong role in in this this book. Um, just. I guess thematically in some ways um and yeah it's just amazing that she wrote that um when she was so young oh yeah she's so talented you can feel everything of her on the page and in every Mm. word you know I feel of course she's talented and of course she's technical and all that stuff but I, I just feel like her her heart and soul are just all over that page I think that's why I like it so much even though it's quite dark yeah absolutely Karen what do you want readers to get out of your book yeah I think we have some similar themes and some I guess similar goals for our readers definitely connection is my number one I think connection to not only the characters but just to look around in our own life and see how important our connection with other people is to our journey and where we go because you know as much as we do have to rely on ourselves for our journey. It makes such a difference when you have support. Like it makes all the difference. And in this book, Anna has her has quite a few. She doesn't expect. She's made so many mistakes in her life, and she doesn't expect. And she really thinks she's going to be alone for the rest of her life. But she does have this support, and it makes all the difference for her. And she really does get a second chance at life because of it. And I think also just um, compassion as well, because sometimes we meet people and if if I'm if I met a person like Anna who just, you know, had been an ice addict and had been in jail for six years, I don't know what I would think of them when I meet them. But the best thing about writing is you get and reading books is you get to delve into that person's world and see everything they've been to to get to where they are now. And everyone has their own story and is the star of that story. And yeah, I love, I'm just fascinated by that, by what makes our life up. So, yeah, so I think not only getting that out of the characters but just looking around at our own life mm, and I love that. thinking about that. Mm. You're also making me think, I think as you get older as well, that female friendship is so powerful, I think. Yeah. And when you have, you know, I have new friends that I've collected over the last five, ten years, but then I've got friends that I've had since preschool, you know, yeah. and they've known every single version of you, good or bad or ugly, you know, and they're yeah. still hanging around. So thank you to those people. Um, <laughs> But isn't it interesting, and I think even more so sort of in our generation, the power of female friendship and support, isn't it an incredible thing that we're so lucky to have? Absolutely. I think um, because in my book obviously it's about women's circles, so, you know, women are supporting each other, and it's so hard to describe that the energy that that creates, like women holding and just listening. You don't even have to give advice because when you say something, you just know that they get you and they understand you in that, yeah, that completely different way and, yeah, makes all the difference when you're going through something. 
chatter because there's sometimes you don't want advice or even need no. it. You just want to be listened to, heard, yeah. understood. You want to vent. You don't actually want someone giving you a detailed plan of what you should do next. Yeah. You just want to kind of bathe in your tears, right? Yeah. You just need to be heard. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to cry it out. Me. Yeah. Get it out my, and then move on. My <laughs> husband my husband has said this thing a few times when he listens to me and my really close friend talk about something particularly if it's like us working through something he says that we talk in circles <laughs> he's like you just say the same thing to each other over and over <laughs> and did you say and like, we're not asking you to listen <laughs> yeah <laughs> but don't you feel like sometimes you need to talk and process things multiple times before you go oh I yeah. either feel better now or I've had a breakthrough. Like you can't just talk about something once. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if men had that kind of thing. But uh, when I've been to Women's Circle, I came home and explained to my husband what it was and I said, oh, it's amazing and I'm describing it. And he was like, that literally sounds like my worst nightmare, <laughs> like just sitting and listening to everyone talk and share. So I don't know if it's got the same ring for a men's circle. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's very funny. Him, I don't know. My worst nightmare. I yeah, that. like he was just—he just thought that sounds awful. Like I, can't, I would never want to spend my time like that. Karen, <laughs> your husband it. and my husband should get together. Yeah, that would <laughs> really well. Very few words, probably. Yeah, and another exactly. little men's circle. Really yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> we love you guys we're just joking yeah of course <laughs> i think you're amazing um, so i want to ask you about writing process and has your writing process changed over time how does it impact the final product karen we'll start with you first me um i'm like a really messy writer like really messy i've tried so hard to be organized and plan and do all of that but it just never works so i'll normally just get hit by a big idea and um, just go a little bit nutty for a while. Like there's no other way to kind of put it. I live and breathe the idea. I find it really hard to sleep and it's very intense, but it's over with quite quickly for that first draft. And then I calm down a lot and I'm very organised when I edit um, and I can do that really smoothly and kind of step back a little bit when I do that. So, yeah, it's intense and messy. Mm. But I wouldn't change it because it's pretty magical as well to feel that. Intense, Sorry. messy, magical. Magical, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> How else do you want to describe something? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Vanessa, what about you? Um, I tend to take, I think it sounds like I probably take a bit longer um, to get the, the first draft out because by the time the first draft's done, it's sort of almost how it ends up. I might, I'll read through it one more time and like take out all the notes to myself and stuff. But I feel like the process is, it's still really messy, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but um, like there are massive chunks that are just sort of written and then they never change. I don't do, I think I do the editing as I go. I think is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I'm, I still don't really know what my process is. <laughs> but, yeah, I must edit as I go because then um, when I'm done, I'm sort of done. Um, but then I think that's really hard because I sort of would love to just get something down really quickly and go back and refine it. But I just don't feel like I can just skim over things, if you mm. know what I mean. Um, but I'm a bit like you, Karen, where when the idea is first coming through and then when I reach all the different, like, 
trauma sites where I don't know what the hell I'm going to do and I'm stuck in the plot I just am like dreaming about it I can't sleep and so I just really have that for a whole year (laughs) (laughs) you drag drag out the torture (laughs) yeah yeah I think you have to lean into whatever it is your process is you know because I hear a lot of I'm a pantser but I want to be a planner or I want to be this or I want to be that but I think Mm -hmm. obviously it's working for both of you so I think just leaning into whatever it is that makes your book you know a great book at the end is just what you have to do whether it's messy and intense or magical editing or long or whatever um that's what you've got to do and maybe it changes over time maybe no and that's it's actually the beauty of writing and the frustration of writing yes Mm. you know equally both there's no formula so it's equally frustrating (laughs) and equally freeing i guess yeah i do want to talk about um motherhood we're all mothers here various mm-hmm. age children and you know obviously these themes do come up in your your books when you're examining and exploring women in their worlds and I always think it's it's an interesting this is me I don't know what your life but it's it's a, always a conflict for me because I want to pursue my own interests I I want to be a whole person I want to have time on my own I want to have time with my friends but then I hate being away from my kids so it's this huge conflict and then there's always that you know constant guilt of oh did I spend enough time with them today was I a bit cranky today you know should I have done this should I have done that what could I have done better and then you've got to squeeze your job into your life and your writing as you know it takes forever to write anything so I want to just explore you know that kind of motherhood in your books and in life and how we do it all or maybe we don't do it all I don't know (laughs) (laughs) how's it happening how's it working for you let's 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 do this this women's circle chat okay (laughs) All right, it's funny that you brought it up because, as I said to you before, it was like literally just popped into my head. I read a post from another author yesterday and she's got a really young child, like they must be just still a baby, I guess, because they're not sleeping and she's just she wrote this beautiful poem and just kind of it expressed how lost she felt Mm -hmm. and it just took me right back to when my kids were very young and just feeling like, who who am I? Like I completely lost myself Mm -hmm. and loved it as well because I loved I love being a mum it's my favorite thing but you do you lose a big part of yourself and when you're a creative person it's something that if if you don't express your creativity it's like this burning frustration within you as well so it took me a long time to figure out how to balance it and how to prioritize time for creativity and realize that that makes me such a better mum when I do have that time to write or to do whatever it is I'm doing creatively um I know I'm a better, I'm just a better person because I'm, I don't have that weird frustration inside of me. So I can be a lot calmer and yeah, just be a lot better. But there's, you know, every now and then I've thought about like, wow, I don't, when my kids were much younger, I would kind of obsess over stuff for them. Like, oh, which school do I send my daughter to or whatever. I remember obsessing and writing, you know, yay and nay lists and all these kind of silly stuff. And I haven't done that for years. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm kind of neglecting, like worrying about them. But I think that's just what comes when you do put that time aside for yourself. I feel like I found myself and by me kind of having my own interest and and pursuing it, it's kind of saved me from over-obsessing and over-worrying about them. That's just something I noticed not long ago. I, I observed it and thought, oh, wow, like, yeah, I've changed a lot in that way. So, yeah, I think... You just absolutely have to prioritise 
something that you love, whether it's creativity, whether it's reading, meditation, whatever it is, something that makes you feel like yourself. Mm. And yeah, that makes life flow so much better, I think. It does. And I think it's, you hit the nail on the head for me as well when you think, oh, I'm not obsessing and overthinking. I must be a yeah. terrible mother. When in fact, <laughs> it's okay not to do that. But I that was a conversation it. I had with myself yeah. as well. Why aren't I obsessing over them like I used to? Oh, maybe because I've got like my life back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's, okay. Yeah. That's okay. But it's this constant conversation of it's okay to yeah. all be as equally as important, you know, because I think you spend so much time in that you know, I don't know what to call it, that kind of blanket, if you like, of, of yeah. motherhood where you are just, and my kids are quite close together. So I had, yeah. you know, probably seven years of just being a mum and not yeah. coming out much and breastfeeding for five years straight and all this stuff. And you come out of the end of it, like you've been in sort of under this blanket going, oh, there's yeah. a world out there. And wait, who am I? You have to find yourself. It's a full-on journey. You it do. Is. Exactly. Is. The blanket is the perfect analogy for it. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're peeking out. I'm like, okay, who am I now? Who am I? Again, yeah. what's my name? I've not slept in seven years also. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about you, Vanessa? Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing to ponder because my daughter's now 11, so I'm sort of out of the woods of that, you know, sleep deprived. Um, I only had one, so I didn't have that, you know, two people needing your attention the whole time. Um, but, you know, that's still hard with one and she's had health challenges and stuff. So, you know, that's that's been, um, yeah, that's just been what it is. But I think for me writing has been almost like the first time I actually tried to write a book was when she after she was born when I was on maternity leave crazily enough um and I actually got that book published by Penguin many many years ago before I started writing these other books that are more recent um and that I think was having her was the catalyst for me writing my first ever book because I think I just realized coming out of a career of 12 years of like journalism, chasing news stories every day. I was just suddenly at such a loss of self. Um, I was just like, you know, feeling like I was just feeding, you know, no intellectual sort of stimulation and, yeah, felt a massive grief of loss of self. And so I just thought I'm going to just try and write a book mm -hmm. and I did um, and, in hindsight, I'm like, I don't know even how I did that. But I think I sort of would say to my husband, I'm going out the road to the cafe with my laptop. Um, see you later. Um, and so it was just my sort of escape for, you know, half an hour or whatever it was. But I think it really kept me sane. Mm -hmm. um, so especially I think if you're a creative person, I mean, I've always felt there's like a little bit of a selfishness in me or something. Like if I'm being really honest, like if I don't feed that creative part of me, I'm just going to become really not a nice person. <laughs> like um, I'm going to be frustrated and, yeah, I'm a better mother if I just feed that creativity and allow for that little bit of space. Oh, well, my daughter's 11 now and she's a writer and a reader and so she understands wow. it. I so I can that. say to her, I need to go and write. And she'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do too, Mum. Oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> I love that so much. I was just going to say, like, how did we get to the point of time, half an hour to yourself is we deem that yeah. selfish? 
Like, how do we get to that point uh -huh, as human beings, yeah. as a society, as a culture, that taking 30 minutes or an hour or even a day out of our domestic life to do something that fulfills you and enriches you, how do we turn that into selfishness? And we do, and guilt. Mm, and I think, yeah. like, I want to have this conversation because I just sort of want to change the narrative a, a little bit yeah. and think, well, it's not selfish. It's actually enriching you. And like you've both said, to become a better person and then you become a better and more fulfilled mother. Yeah. So it's interesting how, mm. I don't know how, what's happened and where it started, but our culture in ourselves, we feel this guilt and selfishness, whereas maybe selfishness isn't the dirty word that we've always thought it is. Yeah, yeah. And I think as creatives, we, I don't know, we just, we can kind of call it creativity instead of selfishness. But I imagine for maybe for women who are not writers or don't have that creative outlet as an excuse, it must be really hard for them to just go, well, actually, I need to just be about carving out that time. Yeah. And it should be. It should be carving out the time to do whatever, even if you want to go and binge Netflix. Like if you aren't creative, yeah. if you aren't creative, exactly. like do that. Do That's whatever. creative. Yeah, totally. I'm about to go and binge yeah. Netflix after we finish this chat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with that at all. No. There yeah. are a lot of shows at the moment. Like there are some really good shows. I'm like I need to wait till the holidays, but there's just too many things on. Yeah, yeah there is, there is. And there's so many platforms in which to watch yes, them on. So it gets a bit overwhelming sometimes. Sometimes I just want yeah. people to tell me what to watch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell me what to watch. I'll just sit down and watch it because it's too yeah. hard. Otherwise, yeah. now, we're talking about the writing community, which, you know, I just feel so fortunate to be part of this amazing, supportive, incredible community, which is so generous and giving and understanding and humble and all those beautiful things. And I want to know, Karen, what have you learned about writing from other writers? Oh, so much. Like, I think just um, that I'm not crazy. <laughs> like, all the things that I feel and that I go through, I see it um, with other writers and when they're sharing. And I think writers are very open with um, how difficult the journey can be because it sounds funny sometimes. Like, I think, you know, to talk about something you do and you love it but to also talk about how hard it is. But I think it's because of the vulnerability of it. Like you're putting kind of a piece of yeah. yourself out there to be critiqued and, yeah, you know, it's scary. So I think what I've gathered the most from other writers is just that um, courage, I guess, to keep putting things out there, to keep sharing it because often like before the Women's Circle came out, there's a lot of articles that I wrote and they got quite personal and I, I had huge moments of just fear before I sent them and thinking I can't share that with people like you know I felt so vulnerable sharing it but then I would read other people you know people that have written web memoirs and shared themselves and um shared about their own writing process and it does it just you know pumped up my courage quite a bit so I'm really grateful before I wrote my first book I didn't know any other writers I'd never met another writer before and now I've been lucky enough to write um, to meet some in person but most writers I know is from yeah like Instagram and podcasts and listening <laughs> to advice that way so I'm so grateful for the way the world is now that we can listen to these amazing podcasts and learn so much from other writers. I think it's amazing. And I think you, you said exactly that about, you know, vulnerability, because when you start to hear someone else's story, as we've sort of touched on a little bit here, you think, yeah. Oh, okay. That's just my, like my life. It's okay. I feel that way too. Or I felt similar. You know, it's funny. I started talking accidentally about my anxiety on this podcast and then I was in yeah. two minds about, Oh, do I edit it out? 
yeah is it is it too personal do people care like are they gonna get go well who cares you know we don't care <laughs> just talk about the books lady but, <laughs> but i i made a call and i thought you know what i think books and literature are about people and they're about yeah. vulnerability and that's what we talk about you know we don't just sit there and talk about process and talk about the clinical stuff we talk about where all these ideas come from and and how we distill yeah. them in literature so and then it's funny because a lot of people then reach out to you and say oh i i've had an anxious time or i'm feeling anxious you know i know a couple of writers that i haven't met yet but i know also suffer from an anxiety and we yeah. just check on each other all the time and you just think nice. how amazing is that yeah. so i really think that Beautiful. putting yourself out there and getting out of that comfort zone and, and showing that you are not your curated instagram page yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true it's really important Vanessa, yeah. what about you? Yeah, I think um, just that the process is is not flawless, that um, as you said, Karen, you know, it, every, you do think, am I crazy sometimes? Like it's such a weird thing that we do, you know, creating people in our heads, worlds in our heads um, and stressing over all of this stuff because <laughs> I do think a lot of writers are quite sensitive and a little bit prone to things like anxiety. I, I am, definitely. Um, and I think for a lot of us it's our way of channelling all of that and of understanding the world. And um, I guess I've, I've almost found my community in, in the writers that I've, that I've met um, in that I just feel like we're all really empathetic people. We're really interested in people. We're really interested in books and language. I mean, it's taken until now to really find that 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 community, I think, mm. um, and it's just really lovely. Um, and also, yeah, just, just that writing a book is hard and not to give up um, and that it's a process and even people that have written 20 books are still kind of learning what their process is and um, learning to trust their instincts. Um, I think that's a really huge one, um, just learning to trust yourself because writing a book is almost just purely writing on, you know, going on instinct. Mm. And so, yeah, trusting the magic and um, like you said, Karen, with, you know, the, the magic, it's just... It's so um, it's so hard to qualify what it is that we're trying to get to, but you can kind of learn from others how to tap into that um, and how to trust yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I spoke to Jack Heath not long ago, and he's written you know over thirty five books and kids and adults, and he says three quarters through every single manuscript, he's riddled with self doubt, thinks I'm never mm. going to be able to do this again. I'm a fraud. My talent is over. I've done it all in those books. Oh my God. And if Jack Heath is thinking that, yeah. we are yeah, all we're thinking okay. That. Yeah. yeah, that's how we all feel. It's yeah. insane. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's reassuring to hear it, yeah. isn't it? Totally. Like, yeah. Completely totally. reassuring. Because Jack Heath, your talent knows no bounds. Okay, so come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's, it's interesting what you said, Vanessa, about um, how being in that fog of motherhood, you know, pushed you to write a book because it's this is where the podcast was born. You know, my, my daughter was born oh. in 2014 and my son was born in 2012. And I did have, as you said, Vanessa, that that grief of loss of myself. And even though like I loved being a mom, I loved being a new mom, I loved all the stuff that came with it. Um, even childbirth, funnily enough, it's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I've um, never heard anyone say that. <laughs> You're the first. 
Maybe we will explore. Well, I will need to hear that story one day. <laughs> when we meet IRL, I quite believe let's you. do that. Let's do that over some yeah. coffee or cocktails or something. Yeah. But it's funny how, you know, that, that loss and that grief of loss of self then allows you to create something amazing because you're kind of forcing you know, forcing yourself to to come back to who you were or to create a new you, you know, because you think, you know, I, although I love doing this and I love being a mum, there's more to me than just being, I don't want to say just being a mum, yeah. but there's more to you, you know, multifaceted yeah. women that we are. And it's yeah. funny how we're sort of forcing yeah. ourselves out of that blanket, <laughs> creating <laughs> podcasts and, and all the things that we're creating. So this is how the podcast was born. I needed to have oh. conversations oh. that yeah. weren't oh, you know, one-sided. <laughs> yeah so that's exactly yeah. how it began I wonder if an author will speak to me and then I wonder if another one will speak to me and that's 400 oh, something episodes wow. later here we are that's amazing wow. so yeah it's interesting that those those moments in your life of uncertainty yeah. or of grief or of you know challenges then mm. allow you to create something bigger than you probably would have before mm. when you Maybe motherhood made us fearless, like we just like given birth. I mean, what is more just full on and terrifying than that? You produced another human. You're like, I can write a bloody book. <laughs> I can. Bloody, the- I can do a podcast. I can record a podcast in my pajamas. <laughs> I love that. As you know, I ask this question all my authors, all my guests that come on. Vanessa, why do you write? Oh, why do I write? I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> no one ever is. I've asked it literally You're 450 times and everyone's like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. And I was hoping so much you were going to ask Vanessa first because I'm not ready either, <laughs> even though I knew you were going to ask her. I'll be like, episode 1,000, so why do you write? And you'll be like, what? I'm not ready. <laughs> um. <laughs> can I say um can I say to escape my children (laughs) you can say whatever you like and we will not call Um, you selfish (laughs) thank you yeah um oh look I think I think I write because in a way I have to I think it keeps me sane my husband will say to me every now and again because I do have sort of anxiety and that kind of thing that I struggle with he'll be like have you have you written lately? You know, just you know, go and go into your study and and do some writing. And I'll be like, yeah, okay, I just need to write. Um, so maybe it's maybe it's sort of a mental health thing for me. Absolutely, in yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I I enjoy the process, but you know, it's I think I feel like it's more than that for me in some ways. It's something that I am compelled to do. Um, I think I wrote in a journal since I was my daughter's age, younger. Um, it's just my way of um, making sense of the world. And, um, yeah, and I love, I actually love language and words, and I think that's why I wrote this book, The Beautiful Words. I just, you know, I just love it. Um, and the characters and everything and the story, obviously I, I love doing that but I think it's the words first in some ways and then the story second the, the plot is so hard to work out <laughs> that's my challenge the words are just there but the plot is like my what the hell am I doing trying to write a book 
but anyway we get there <laughs> all right Karen are you ready what are you right yeah I'm ready <laughs> but, but first I just want to say Vanessa your books um when you just said you your love of words that so shines in your books because I remember oh. reading the valley of lost stories and your poetic descriptions are just amazing so yeah it comes oh, through thank why you. you write comes through <laughs> but I'm gonna borrow oh, little- thank you so much <laughs> I'm gonna borrow from you a little bit because it is it's the way I make sense of the world as well definitely like I've thought about it a lot like why do I do this because sometimes I don't want to write anymore because I just think mm-hmm. such a up and down journey and it's so emotional and I'm like why am I doing this to myself but definitely I just have this fascination with people and with the way the world works and I remember when I was younger I used to actually like keep myself up at night because I would just worry about people and just not even people I know just like why is the world like this why is it so unfair and I'll just really keep myself awake Mm -hmm. and I think since I since I started writing I haven't done that because that's my way of like jumping into someone's um life and understanding that everyone has their own journey we don't all it's not all fair it's not all equal um but we all come here with this one life and what we make out of it and I just find that fascinating to explore that in characters so yeah keeps me sane as well (laughs) that is fascinating yeah it is it's fascinating you know that no one I like that idea of everyone having their own journeys and and no one wakes up to your life except for you yeah so whatever you make that look like it has to be what makes you happy not what makes other people happy not what makes other people stop judging you because everyone's going to have an opinion um but you've got to make sure you wake up to your life that's happy that's authentically you and not living it for everybody else you know because you're the one who's waking up to it every morning so absolutely absolutely yeah I'm so glad we had this chat when we get together in real life and that will happen we're gonna sit in a circle with some cake we're just gonna talk about things the same things over and over and over again Round and round in a women's circle. Round and round. <laughs> and it's going to be fabulous. I can't wait. Love it. We'll add a cocktail in and it'll be the Oh, okay. <laughs> cocktails. It's going to be great. We'll put a whole day aside, maybe a night yeah. too. <laughs> thank you so much for not only doing the takeovers but for coming on tonight and talking about your beautiful books and then, you know, also talking about our lives and, and getting vulnerable with me because that's sort of, you know, my favourite thing to do. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast as guests. Yay. Thanks, Danny. It's been beautiful. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.